What's up, everybody? Welcome back for another spectacular episode of Debating Metal. I'm Kenneth Dean, the Dean of Metal, along with my co-host, Chris Kay. This week, we're taking you back to the Cart and Horses pub and giving you our take on Iron Maiden's greatest hits. Kenneth and I are each going to pick 20 of our favorite Iron Maiden tracks, creating our own greatest hits, and then we'll go head-to-head to see which 20 songs make it onto our final list to create the ultimate Iron Maiden greatest hits compilation. So if you enjoy our show and want to hear some of our other episodes, download us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Podbean, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe and you'll get our newest episode delivered to your device every week. We also want to interact with you guys and read your opinions. So if you like what we had to say or just want to rip us a new one, send us an email to debatingmetal at gmail.com, DM us on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages, and we're also now on YouTube. All right. I like that. Okay, uh, this week, in lieu of Rusty Metal and Freshly Forged, Chris and I are going to take a moment to pay tribute to some great musicians who passed away recently. Um, This past week, at the time of of this recording, we have learned of the passing of Mike Howe, the the lead singer from Metal Church, Joey Jordanson, the ex-drummer from Slipknot, or excuse me, the ex-Slipknot drummer, and Dusty Hill, the bass player from ZZ Top. I mean, that's a devastating week. And Chris and I, today, we were talking, and basically, you know, we got a bass player, a drummer, a singer, and then two weeks ago, Jeff Labar from Cinderella, the guitar player, and the keyboard player who toured with Cinderella passed away. So it's been a, it's been a rough couple of weeks, but there's a whole band that went down. Essentially, yeah. Um, the, it was really shocking to hear, I mean, any of these guys had passed away. Um, I, you know, you don't you don't think it's it's ever coming, even though you may know somebody has health problems or something like that. Uh, you know, it just it just makes it more important to, to go back and listen to some of this music. And I think that happens a lot of times where, where you know, these musicians pass away and it kind of reminds us of uh, you know we take what we take for granted you know they they have their music that's out there in the world but uh sometimes they're not listening to it because it's not relevant and then all of a sudden they pass away and it's like oh man you're never going to get to hear them make something again yeah i mean we we've had that same similar type of discussion with eddie van halen it's just like you know he hadn't made music in forever uh and then you know all of a sudden he passes away and everybody's like oh, man, we're never going to hear Eddie again. But we hadn't heard Eddie at that point for almost like, what, eight years or something like that? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it is it is a tough thing to deal with because you know that there's a permanent part of that that you're never going to get anything new from that person. Um, Mike Howe was the singer for Metal Church back in the day. He was the second singer. He had taken over for David Wayne back in the 80s. Uh, I believe it was 1980. Nine or something like that. Yeah, for the Blessing in Disguise album. And then he was there for a while and left the band. Uh, I think it was right after the Hanging in the Balance album and tour. He was away from the band for a long time and then reunited with uh, Kurt Vanderhoof uh, on a side project that Kurt was doing. And basically they decided to get Metal Church uh, another try because Kurt kind of was in and out of Metal Church even though the band was still around. Kurt is basically like the musical director, the leader of the band. 
So Mike Howe rejoined uh, in 2015. They made a new album in 2016, and he was there ever since. And they had just released an album in 2020. Uh, kind of more like a, a few songs, and then they added some older stuff. So he, his career, I mean, had basically been revitalized. And had, he had come back. He, he basically, when he quit Metal Church, he went back to being a carpenter and didn't play for another band and then rejoined Metal Church. He's a really talented guy. I mean, he did the, the three albums back in uh, the 80s and 90s. Um, to me, uh, The Human Factor, the 1991 album, is their best album, and that was one of Mike Howe's. Um, yeah, I haven't I haven't really kept up with the band tremendously. Um I, I listened to uh, the last two albums uh, when we last talked about this band, um, but that's really the last time I I did. But it's still you know it's surprising you know to hear you know when when especially when somebody's kind of got their career back on their feet and you know just kind of comes out of the out of nowhere and the guy was young too. Yeah, I mean he was fifty five years old and you know that that's it, it, he appeared to be in good health. I mean from what I you know, can tell he was not one of these guys that were had been a partier or anything like that or had been an abuser in the past. So it was mm. one of those things where it was just a really a shock because when you saw him now, he looked very, very healthy. So, you know, mm-hmm. uh, there was something there in, behind it, in, you know, not to say because the, the police report said there was no drugs or alcohol, you know, found at the scene. So they don't think that had anything to do with it. So it was just, it was probably just some sort of medical history that he may or may not have been aware of, you know, and that's, yeah. that sucks. Um, yeah. I mean, it, they had an, announced, um, in July that their, their new studio album was going to be released next year. So, um, I don't know what the progress was on that or if they had even started recording anything, but, uh, that's sad to hear that there was going to be a new album and, and you know, who knows what the fate of that is. Well, hopefully he, he laid down the vocals and maybe it was already done and they're just waiting for, you know, to get back out on tour. So let's hope that was the case. Maybe we can get some, some really good music to, as the, the final epitaph for uh, Mike. Um, also passing away the same day um, was Joey Jordison. So Mike was in the morning and Jordison was in the afternoon. So Joey had left Slipknot in December of 2013 and had gone on to do Murder Dolls and Scar the Martyr and and a couple of other bands and kept himself busy. But he was also, at that time when he left Slipknot, was was suffering from transverse um, myelitis, which was a which is a neurological disease, and that had cost him the ability to play drums towards the end of his time with Slipknot. Uh, he had some like numbness in his legs, and he couldn't use his legs for a while. But he was he recovered from that and, and continued making music. Um, he was, I mean, an inspirational drummer for many people in the metal scene. I mean, his drumming was out of, out of control with Slipknot. It was great, great stuff. Uh, and then coupled with the, the percussionists that were in the band, it was a quite the sound that they had i know you're not a big fan of slipknot so well i mean just because i'm not a fan of a band doesn't mean i can't appreciate some of the musicality and the ability of these guys and and jordison i mean yeah like you said he's a he's a big inspiration for a lot of of the you know the next generation of drummers that was coming up and and you know i can definitely appreciate that and there's something to be said for for the 
the, the pageantry and everything that Slipknot puts on when they when they perform, and uh, you know, there's just a lot of, of of talent in that that band. It's not my thing, um, but you know, I definitely appreciate what they do, and and yeah, it's it's hard to hear, especially how young this guy was, um, you know. Yeah, being it's, being forty six years old. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a tough one, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that that doesn't seem like it was natural causes, but who knows? I mean, and when I say not natural causes, you know, anything that's from your past could affect you. Obviously, your health in the future, or you know, up to date. So uh, sometimes I, I don't call those things natural causes, you know. And and I'm not saying that he was on anything. I'm not trying to bring him down in any way. But sometimes your past catches up to you. And that's that's a tough thing to deal with sometimes, you know. Um, I, I I will say this: the one of the coolest things I know about Joey Jordanson is that in 2004, when Metallica played uh, "Download," Lars Ulrich got ill and was hospitalized and could not do the show. So Metallica, not wanting to you know, cause another riot, <laughs> um, basically asked, uh, basically whoever was backstage, uh, if anybody wanted to play drums and essentially they got, uh, Dave Lombardo, they got Lars's drum tech, Fleming Larson and Joey Jordison, uh, volunteered. And I got to tell you, if anybody ever wanted to hear what Metallica sounds like without Lars Ulrich, go ahead and get a copy of that show because, um, Joey specifically, I remember Joey played creeping death and it brought a whole different vibe to that song. Uh, and I don't, and I don't even know if it was a matter of the fact that he was so dead on, you know, timing wise, but there, it was, there's something about his, uh, about his timing that is extremely, um, what's the word I'm trying to use? It, it, uh, the word that keeps coming to mind is static, but that's not the right word. I mean, it's very, very structured sounding, you know? Um, and obviously, Lars has a very loose sound when he plays, even though, you know, for Metallica, it works. So that's a really cool thing. I mean, have you ever heard any of the, the songs from that show? I have not. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it, it's pretty cool. Um, I, you know, the, 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 the Lombardo stuff, if, you know, you can always tell Lombardo's playing because it's just it's insanely good and it's also in a very similar vein very loose like Lars but it's better obviously um but you know but Lars is Lars yeah I love Dave Lombardo (laughs) yeah exactly you know Lars is Lars Dave is Dave and Joey's Joey so they each brought their own style to the songs and and you can tell the difference when you listen to it it's pretty neat um and last but not least definitely last but not least is Dusty Hill, the bass player from ZZ Top, um, in the band for 52 years. Uh, it is extremely sad to, to see Dusty pass so suddenly. Um, that is one of those things. He's not metal, but so many metal musicians looked up to him. You know, it, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, man, that, that, that hits home, you know, especially for a lot of us, you know, I live in Texas. You are born and raised in Texas. So it's one of these things you know about ZZ Top and you know about those guys. So that's a tough one. Yeah, I, I had the pleasure of getting to see them twice. Um, enjoyed their shows tremendously. Uh, Dusty Hill, 
and well, I mean that that band of three three guys is, is incredible. Um, it, I'm not a blues guy, never have been, but they they turn blues rock into something that uh, is unique to them, and just really fun to listen to. And it's it's sad to hear that he's gone. Uh, I mean, a bit older than the other two guys, which um, 72 years still before his time but at the same time he lived quite a life so i can say that um but zz top is one of those bands that i've always been a big fan of it's something that i kind of connected with my dad on because he's also a, a big fan of theirs um you know if you haven't heard eliminator uh, i'd be surprised yeah it's a, you know it's a diamond record four-time platinum in in the uk and australia i mean it's it's a massive record um hit after hit from this band and uh it's it's a sad loss another one that was that was set to release another album yeah so it's just amazing that these things happened and you know they were just about ready to to release new music and and that's typical of musicians i mean musicians just never stop doing new music i mean you hear about bands that that you know we're retiring we're hanging it up but in reality musicians are musicians they're always going to pick up their instrument they're always going to continue to play they may not record or release new music but they're pretty sure there's some stuff that they're jamming on in their house so you know and it it would it's going to be cool um zz top has vowed to continue as requested by dusty um to billy uh, to Billy Gibbons, uh, he told me, you know, if, if anything happens to me, you know, keep going, you know, keep keep going on. So I told you earlier today, they have to find a guy with a beard, and that's just the bottom line. <laughs> like, Billy can't go up there by himself without just with him by himself with, with a beard. They have to to have some beard. degree, <laughs> when you reach that point in your life and you're, you know, you're that active for that long, it's almost like you can't stop. Because if you do stop, that's when... A, a former coworker of mine um, died of cancer, but he was diagnosed with stage four cancer, and he lived for four more years and continued doing the things he loved for four more years. And um, that, to me, like he said, he said, like once you di- once you stop, you die. And I kind of believe it to some degree, you know. So guys like that, they don't stop. No, not at all. Um, so I hope to, that we can hear some new music from ZZ Top, from uh, um, Metal Church, and um, whatever Joey may have been working on. Hopefully, the estate can release it if it's if it's a, a complete, you know, musical piece. Uh, it's a, it's a sad day for metal. It was a sad day for rock. A sad day overall for the music community with these three uh, really great people passing away this past week um you said you never got a chance to, you, know, you said you did see zz top a couple times but you never saw metal church and you've never seen slipknot right that's correct right i've never seen metal church uh i've never seen zz top but i did see slipknot a few times um so i got to see joey um play and he's he did some pretty cool stuff like he he, he tried to do um Similar stuff to what Tommy Lee did, and you know, with, with you know, a, a turning drum riser, you know, being um, 
perpendicular to the ground, things like that. And and he was basically strapped into his drum seat. So he did some pretty cool stuff there. He was a great, great drummer. Um, I wish I could have seen Metal Church back in the day, even even now. I mean, I tried to see him a few years ago. couldn't go. And ZZ Top, I wanted to go see a couple times. but just never got around to it. So um, it's one of those things. Okay, so moving on, this week's main topic is Iron Maiden's Greatest Hits. And I don't know about you, Chris, but I can tell you right now, I'm not putting writing on the wall as one of their greatest hits. And that's just because it's too new. <laughs> it's too new. I'm not putting it on the list. I, no. And uh, yeah, I'm just not used to it yet. I can't go based on just a few listens and... I mean, all these songs on here, uh, on the list that I've chosen, I've heard hundreds of times. Yeah. Um, I actually got to see the video. Uh, I sat down and watched the entire video for the first time today. So I, I've seen, I had seen parts of it when it first came out, and I never got to sit down and watch the whole thing. It's so cool. Um, you know, there's just so many little Easter eggs in there, and, and the animation is pretty neat. So I enjoyed it a lot. I know you really, really like it. So it's a pretty cool thing. Uh, I can't wait for the new album to come out in September. Um, September 3rd is the release date. So I'm really excited about that. And I can't wait to see them in two years because you know they're not coming back here for a while. <laughs> <laughs> it might be even three years because you think about they have European dates for next year already pre-planned. And those are supposed to be Legacy the Beast tour dates, which is odd. And then from there, I think, is where they're going to pick up doing the Senjutsu tour. And that probably won't happen until 2023. And if they come to the States, it's either going to be late 2023 or 2024. Just thinking about that, it's just kind of like, these guys are getting up there, man. I hope they can make it. So, anyway, um, the premise of this is we're going to pick 20 songs. And we changed it to 20 this week because... Iron Maiden has so many good songs that there was no way to narrow it down to 15 songs. I don't know how they do it, but I know it was hard for me. So we we upped it to 20. Um, You're going to pick 20. I'm going to pick 20. Whatever overlaps, we get to keep. Whatever doesn't overlap, we're going to debate and then put the rest on on the list to get to 20. And then we'll compile it and turn it into a concert format and go from there. So... uh, I think I went first last time, so why don't you go ahead and go first this time? Yeah, I'm going to say 20 was pretty hard to get down to. Um, <laughs> exactly. Iron Maiden being one of both of our favorite bands. And uh, they have so many great tracks off of so many albums, and I had to really choose um, you know, which ones I thought were absolutely the best. And there was a couple times where I'm like, man, I want to include something off of this album, but it just didn't quite make the cut. So there's a couple albums here that are not going to be represented, but these are what I believe are truly the best 20 songs. So I've got off of Iron Maiden, uh, Running Free, and Phantom of the Opera. Off of Killers, I've got Wrathchild. Off of Number of the Beast, I've got 22 Acacia Avenue. The Number of the Beast and Hallowed Be Thy Name. Off of Peace of Mind, I've got Where Eagles Dare, Flight of Icarus, and The Trooper. Off of Power Slave, I've got Aces High and Two Minutes to Midnight. Off of Somewhere in Time, I've got Caught Somewhere in Time, Wasted Years, and The Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner. 
Off of Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, I've got The Evil That Men Do. Off of Fear of the Dark, I've got Fear of the Dark. Off of Brave New World, I've got The Wicker Man and Brave New World. Off of A Matter of Life and Death, I've got Different World. And my last track is off of Book of Souls, If Eternity Should Fail. All right. Uh, that's an excellent list. Um, and there we definitely have some crossover, but we definitely have a lot of songs that we did not match up with. Uh, there's a, there's a, a lot of songs here that you have some favorites that are different than my favorites within the same album. And so we're going to have a, a nice little battle. And I went in, I, I did a little bit on the end there, and I tried to incorporate some of the songs from the latter albums because, you know, after you and I did the last Iron Maiden show that we did, um, and, and listening to, to, to Talking Maiden podcasts, I, I, these, there's so many fans out there that like the newer stuff, but have no desire to really absorb the older stuff like we, like we did. And so I'm trying to think, you know, what is it about the newer stuff that people like so much? And in reality, it's what we've said before. There are two different bands. There's the Iron Maiden that was from 1977 all the way up through uh, 1996, or 98, whatever you want to say. And even before that, just 1994. And then there's, or is it, or 92. And then there's the the Iron Maiden from 2000 or even 96 and on. You know, when, when Bruce left after Fear the Dark, the band changed completely. They became much more progressive. They became, you know, they, they, all these long, drawn-out songs, which is their style now. So it's a completely different band. So what, what the fans that they have now that are younger and love that style of music, uh, it, it's something, it's just, it's just a different way to like metal and a different way to like Iron Maiden. So I try to include some of those songs. So let's get to my list. You ready? Let's go. All right. Oh, shit, I was about to read your list. <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> that would have been funny all right number one for me iron maiden from the iron maiden album and phantom of the opera from iron maiden uh number three from killers i chose Wrathchild. uh number four run to the hills number five number of the beast and number six hallowed be thy name all from the number of the beast album Number seven, The Trooper. Number eight, Revelations. And number nine, those two are from Peace of Mind. Number nine, Ace is High. And number 10, Two Minutes to Midnight from the Power Slave album. Number 11, Wasted Years from Somewhere in Time. Number 12, The Evil That Men Do from Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. Number 13, Fear of the Dark. Number 14, The Klansman. Number 15, Wicker Man. Number 16, Montsegur. Number 17, The Pilgrim. Uh, the Pilgrim being from uh, A Matter of Life and Death and Montsegur from uh, Dance of Death. Number 18, El Dorado from Final Frontier. And number 19, the If Eternity Should Fail. And number 20, Death or Glory from The Book of Souls. So that's my 20. So there's some similarities and some major differences all right so that's my list um we have 
12 songs that match, and we have eight songs that do not. So we have eight spots to fill, 16 songs to use to fill it. Uh, so we're going to alternate back and forth, pick a song that we want to keep, pick a song that we're willing to give up, and at some point we're going to pick a song from each other's list that we're going to keep and maybe even take off. So do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I mean, I'll start since since I started with the list. Okay. Um, I am going to want to keep... Um, I'm going to say Flight of Icarus off of Peace of Mind. I think that's a great track. It's a little bit slower pace, and it builds towards the end. It's a really good concert piece. So... I uh, I think that's a great choice to, to leave on. All right. Um, I like that song, so I don't mind keeping it. it it's, you know, where our biggest battles are going to come towards the end when we have songs that are from the albums that we don't necessarily uh, consider as high a standard as the earlier albums. Um, all right. So you got Flight... Um, so with this list, I'm going to go ahead and I want to keep revelations. So yes, we're going to end up with three songs off of, and you know what? No, let me take that back because keeping three songs from peace of mind is a lot. Um, I would try to keep it no more than two. So how about this? I'm going to go with the Klansman instead. Okay. It's a great song. Um, when when Bruce performed it live, it was amazing. You know, the, the funny thing about the Klansman is, yes, it's a Blaze Bailey song, but I don't look at it that way anymore. I like, think of it I, as an Iron Maiden song. Exactly. I don't think of... Iron Maiden as a as a Paul song. I don't think of Wrathchild as a Paul song. I think of it as an Iron Maiden song. And I think that's one of the reasons why um, Bruce is able to say, I, I'm okay with singing this. Because one, Bruce wasn't the original singer. Two, there are so many different songwriters in the band. I mean, basically four out of the five or four, five out of the six guys write songs. So, and... All of them write lyrics, all of them write music, you know, so, and, and specifically Steve Harris will come in and present the song straight to Bruce and say, here, this is what you're going to sing. So it's not Bruce's words, it's Steve's words. So he's kind of used to that. And I think that's what makes him able to really uh, take ownership of the Klansman and any of the other songs that he did not write. So I think that's that's pretty cool. So yeah, he does a great job on the Klansman in concert. All right, so now it's time to cut a song off of our list. What do you got? Um, so I know I kind of knew this wasn't going to make the list, but I had to put it on my list because you know it's it's one of my favorite tracks from Iron Maiden. But I'm going to drop loneliness loneliness of the long distance runner. Um, I think it's an amazing track. Uh, it's one that always comes to mind. Um, but I know it's not one of the most popular, and I know it's it's not one of your songs either. So 
I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, drop that one. Okay, fair enough. I can I can deal with that. Um, I, I like loneliness. I told you the other day I woke up singing that song for, or it was <laughs> in my head. I'm like, what in the world? I hadn't heard that song in months. But uh, that, that was a really weird morning. Um, so because the... Um, the latter albums, they're not as many, I guess you could say, not as many good songs collectively. You know, you get one or two songs tops from the album that you could sit there and say, yeah, this is what I would love to hear. Um, although, you know, as Iron Maiden fans, we all would love to hear a, a good bunch of f- songs from each album, regardless of what album it is. In this particular case... I'm going to go ahead and drop Death or Glory um, off of uh, Book of Souls. Because that, as as much as I think that's actually a better song than If Eternity Should Fail, there is something about If Eternity Should Fail that just really, really grabs me. I really, really like that song. It's not a really fast song at all. It's a, it's a plotter. But it's it's got good hooks in it, and that's what I like. But Death or Glory is a pretty cool song too, but I'm going to go ahead and drop it. All right, I can understand that. All right, so now you get to pick a song that you want to keep from my list. From your list? Yes. Okay. So I Hmm. have one, two, three, four, five, six songs left from my list. Okay. Let's see. Um, I almost feel like I have to say Run to the Hills. I know we're trying to keep around two, but Number of the Beast is, <laughs> it's, I think it's the album that defies that, um, to a degree. Um, Run to the Hills is just such a great track and I, I wanted it on my list, but I also wanted about 10 other songs on my list. So, um, I think that's the one I'm going to pick. All right. And I agree with you. I mean, Beast is an exception. I would almost, I would almost say, Peace of Mind and Power Slave is an exception. But we don't have three songs off of Power Slave, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Run to Hills easily I mean, could have. But yeah, yeah exactly. Run to Hills and Number of the Beast and Hollow Be the Name. It's just like, how can you not have an album or a greatest hits album without those? One of those, you know, all three of those on there. So, okay. So we're going to keep Run to the Hills. And now I get to pick a song off your list I want to keep. Now, this is where it gets tricky for me because, you know, we're, we're talking about early early Maiden songs. And we both picked Phantom of the Opera. And you picked Running Free. And I picked Iron Maiden. Um, I almost didn't pick Iron Maiden, but I had that... F- like that obligation to say they play it every single show. Why, why wouldn't I pick, put that on my greatest hits? But there's some, that, that first album's got so many good songs on it. And it's weird because we're down to only three songs that we could choose and pick. Um, and during, um, during the world slavery tour, these two songs were the last two songs of the show. Uh, 
or they oh no it was um I, yeah iron maiden was the last show before the encore and running free came out and they did that 12 minute version where they you know they had the call and response from the crowd um but let me ask you like uh-huh? iron maiden yes it's in every concert it's it, but is it really a better song than some of these other songs that's like, that's, that's kind of what it, i was getting at you know yeah it's 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 one of those things where can you sit there and say it deserves to be over a certain song? So I I almost feel like no, it doesn't to some degree. Um, but we got such a tough list here, so I'm picking one of your songs, right? Mm-hmm. I went on this rant about the first album, but I'm going to go ahead and skip past uh, one of the, the the running free song from the first album and pick something else from your list. Um, I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick Brave New World. Yep. Okay. I like that album a lot. Um, so we're going to, we're going to keep that song. All right. So now you get to pick a song from my list that you want to take off. Um, to kind of go along with what I just brought up, um, Iron Maiden, it it is a good song. I like it, but to me, it's one of the weaker songs on the album, and it always kind of surprises me that it's it's one of the concert staples because they do have so many better songs than that one. Um, it's not like I don't like it when I hear it. It's just. There's, you know, when you go to a concert and it's like, man, well, why was this song on rather than, you know, one of the others that I like? And that's usually the song that comes to mind when I say that. So I'm actually going to remove Iron Maiden from your list. Okay, fair enough. You know, it's funny. I, I think the same thing, but when, when you think about it, I don't think there's ever been an Iron Maiden show since they became a recording act that mm-hmm. has not included the song Iron Maiden on it. And that may be just a tradition thing. That could be true. But they do. I mean, Iron Maiden is a song where they bring out Eddie uh, in the backdrop on every mm-hmm. every show. So that's the one with the, the big three-dimensional Eddie coming from behind the drum riser. The blow-up yeah. Eddie, if you want to call it that. So it, it's 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 part of their show. I guess that's what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, every time they, they go over the list, well, we, Iron Maiden's right here. It's the last song before the end of the set. You know, so boom, we we work everything else around that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you took Iron Maiden off. Um, for the sake of not having four songs, I'm going to remove Twenty Two Acacia Avenue from your list. You know, I, I love the song, but at the same time, I kind of understand that not being on the list and yeah absolutely we've already got three from number of the beast so it seems like we should represent a different era a bit more got it okay so now that brings us to you get to pick a song from your list you want to keep okay so we've already um picked, we got four more spots right yes um so Oof. This is where it gets tough. You're right. Um, 
Uh, let's see. I think I'm going to keep a different world or different world, not a different world. Um, I think it's the best song on a matter of life and death. I know you've got the pilgrim, which is also another great, great track. Um, but I, I think it's a stronger track in general and it's an album we don't have represented yet. So I'm going to pick that one. Ooh, didn't think you were going there. So that changes my, my whole thought process. Um, okay. Well, that being the case, then I'm going to pick Montsegur. Okay. To keep that one because that represents something from Dance of Death. All right. So now we have chosen six songs. We have two spots left. We have uh, three songs each we need to uh, somehow whittle down to two spots. So now it's time to take a song off your list. All right, so I need to take one off of my list. Um, I am going to remove Where Eagles Dare. Uh, we've got two other tracks from Peace of Mind. As much as I love the track... Um, We've all we've got a similar track in Aces High, and we've already got two others from Peace of Mind. So let's let's take that one off. All right, so that leaves me with three songs. I gotta take one off. Um, this is getting harder and harder. So the three songs I have left are Revelations, The Pilgrim, and El Dorado. Since we you pick different world, which basically in a nutshell is going to cancel out my pilgrim. So I'm going to go ahead and remove the pilgrim. Okay. All right. So now we're down to, you have two songs and I have two songs. So we have four songs for two spots. Your two songs are caught somewhere in time and running free. So basically, those would sit in the classic era, and my two songs are El Dorado and Revelations. So one from the classic era and one from the reunion era. So now it's your turn. It's basically your turn to keep one. Okay. Um. So by keeping one, you're eliminating the other. Yeah, essentially. Um. Man, I feel like as much as I love Caught Somewhere in Time, and I think it's technically, to me, a better song, um, Running Free is more, it's, it's better in a concert, you know, which is kind of how we think of this. Mm-hmm. It's, it's much more fun in a concert. So I think I got to go with Running Free on this one. I like that. I like that. I mean, it's going to be, it was one of those tough ones. You're not going to go wrong either way. You're not going to go right either way. Um, And same thing we we were talking about earlier. We have so many songs from a particular album. So for me, as much as I adore the song Revelations, I'm going to go with El Dorado so that we can add a song from the latter time period. And so that, concludes our list 
All right, so we have come to our list, our final list, uh, before we turn it into a concert listing. So the 20 songs that we're going to work with now are 1 through 20. Running Free, Phantom of the Opera, Wrathchild, Run to the Hills, The Number of the Beast, Hallowed Be Thy Name, Flight of Icarus, The Trooper, Aces High, Two Minutes to Midnight, Wasted Years, The Evil That Men Do, Fear of the Dark, The Klansman, Wicker Man, Brave New World, Montsegur, Different World, El Dorado, and If Eternity Should Fail. Whew, that's a lot of songs. Um, so we're going to now do our concert listing. So we're still going to do, what, 17 and have the three encore? Right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, let's see now. What is going to open up this concert? Do uh, you want to go first and pick a song, or do you want me to go first? I see. You go first. You've been picking first the whole time, so we'll do that. Okay. Um, to start things off, um, I think you got to go Aces High. I mean, it's it's pretty much a staple. It makes sense. So I think that's the way to go. I completely agree. <laughs> um, I mean, it's like, what else could there be? I mean, you, you hear they've done so many tours. And for all, for all the tours that they've done, three of them have opened with Aces High. Obviously, the Power Slave Tour. Then they did the reincarnation of the Power Slave Tour when it was the um, was a, uh, Back Somewhere in Time Tour. And then this Legacy of the Beast tour that, that they just finished recently or not even finished yet. So that one also had Aces High. So it was three major tours that they used Aces High as their opener. I mean, as soon as you hear that, that plane start and Winston Churchill come on, I mean, you know it's about to be on. And that just gets, that just gets the adrenaline pumping. And it's, it's such an awesome opener. So I agree completely. Number two... Um, hmm. You know the 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 typical thing would be that we go into something like a two minutes to midnight. But I think in this particular case, because Aces High has got that really 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 fast tempo, and I I like different world in as a number two instead of two minutes to midnight what do you think interesting um yeah it surprises me but uh i mean i'll go with it it was the opener to their album it was the opener to the tour that they did with for matter of life and death but it's not one that's as fast as aces high Mm-hmm. And it probably has about the same tempo as, as two minutes to midnight, you know, and that's one of those things where you sit there and say, okay, we're going to change this up a little bit. And, you know, I, I think, I think that's a good, uh, twist. Okay. I can, I can roll with that. Um, so for track three, um, I'm thinking, 
Hmm, what am I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> this is tough. Um, you know, you would typically after the first couple tracks, you might slow things down. Um, it might be a good one to put um, Flight of Icarus here. That's not bad. I like that. I like Flight of Icarus in that spot because it is definitely a little slower, um, especially if they do it the right way. You know, if they do it the way they did on on uh, Live After Death, then, you know, they might as well open with that song because it's so damn fast that they did it. <laughs> True. <laughs> it was crazy fast. I mean, if you listen to that, it's almost like listening to the whole album, not just that one song, but the, it's almost like listening to the whole, whole album on like one and a half speed because it's everything they did was so fast the energy on that was insane so i like that flight of icarus okay so that brings us to song number 4 and i think um i, I would almost put it to this point where we're going to continue to bring it down even slower cuz flight of icarus is still it, it, it's such for the four and a half minutes that it is it's it's relatively epic type of song um because of the story that goes with it. So I, in, in keeping in that kind of mind frame, I say we do the Klansman at this point. Okay. I'm fine with that. All right. So for the next track, um, I think we need to maybe pep things up a little bit. So, let's see, we're four tracks in on 20 tracks, or 17, essentially, because mm-hmm. we're doing a doing a, a, um, an encore. Right. So, four tracks, essentially a fourth through the show. Um... Why don't we pep things up with the trooper? Okay, sounds good. There's so many songs here. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Um, God, there's so many songs that could open the show, and so many songs. Man, this is so tough. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go from the trooper. Let's go to El Dorado. Okay. Um, I think a good one to put right here, um, being a bit newer in the catalog, actually one of the newest in the catalog, um, If Eternity Should Fail. Hmm. 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 I, I like that idea. I like that idea. Um, we're basically at song seven. We're approaching the midway point. Not there yet, but approaching. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I'll go with that. Okay, song number eight. If eternity, so if eternity should fail, kind of doesn't it doesn't fade out. It 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 ends, and then it has this spoken part that they 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 kept in the concert um i don't know if i would want to keep that part in the concert but you know either way we have no choice but to keep it if we're using you know the the uh audio track from the album 
Um, I think that would be a good spot when it kind of gets quiet to jump into two minutes to midnight. What do you think? Yeah, I can go with that. So we are essentially at the midpoint here. Um, I don't think it would be a bad point right now to put on um, Number of the Beast. Hmm. The Number of the Beast. Well, but every song they have is a, is a show closer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> now that's that, that that works. The number of the beast. It's like you you look at these songs and you're like, Pope, I don't want this to be so early in the set, you know. But, right. And but there's <laughs> there's 37 songs like that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the number of the beast. I mean, there's definitely a few on our list still here that I don't consider to be show closers whatsoever. No. So those no. those those need to come up pretty soon. Right. Um I'm gonna go ahead and put in a oh, number of the beast. Hmm. Uh, let's see. What do I want to put in right here? We still got I mean I kinda know what's at seventeen. <laughs> but it's what's before that is the question. Um how about putting Montsegur here? Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing because it's it's a good track, um, but it's not it's not one that I want to be towards the end. It needs it feels like it needs to be kind of a middle section, so I think that's perfect placement for it. Okay. Um how about wasted years? See, that's an interesting one. That's an interesting one because because the Book of Souls tour, they closed the show with that. Like that was the last song. Okay. Um, but I don't know if I would have put it as the last song. I don't. I've, I don't. I've never thought of it as a as a closer. Yeah, I I I didn't think of it, but I but the reason why they chose it, and, and I'm I'm not Steve Harris to say. Part of the reason why I think that they chose it was because it was such a classic song, and they couldn't play "Hallowed Be Thy Name" because they were under litigation. That they mm, want. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Right, and because that tour, since it was a Book of Souls tour, they had played six songs off of Book of Souls, so they they had a limited amount of songs from the classic era. So I think um, I, I agree with that. I don't I don't mind it in that spot because I didn't think it should have been a, a show closer. Maybe you know, uh, maybe a song say you know in the encore, but not necessarily the last song. Yeah. But there's a lot of good tracks for the encore as well in here. And I just, I don't know. For me, I don't feel like it fits there as well. I mean, it could. <laughs> but. Yeah, right. All right. So with Wasted Years, now we're starting to get to that nitty gritty point where it's like, uh-oh. What do we got here? Um, so Wasted Years, you know, it ends the song and everybody's cheering and stuff like that. So I think we're going to slow it down one last time. And I'm going to bring in Brave New World at this point. Okay. Um. Then why don't we follow that up with 
Uh, Phantom of the Opera. Ooh. Phantom at this point, huh? Okay, I'm good with that. I love that song. We've got four more in our main set. Four more in the main set. I know where where two should go. Or I, I believe and I think you might agree <laughs> with me. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> but we'll see. This is, a, this is a tough one. It's every every single one of them I'm kind of second guessing and I'm like, no, that, that seems like the place. Okay. It's not easy. No, it's not easy at all. Um, oh, shit. I just realized. <laughs> I realized there's two set closers here. Um, damn. Mm, mm, oh, no. Never mind. There's one song. Oh, never mind. I thought I knew a song was at 17, and it's not. Well, now I know which one is 17, so never mind. Um, how about. At this point, the evil that men do. Um, I think I'm going to use my veto on that because I feel like it should go a little bit later in the main set. I'm agree. I'm in agreement with you that it should go in the main set, but but I'm kind of thinking the Wicker Man. The Wicker Man. Okay, I like it. All right, so Wicker Man, did you want to go with Evil at this point? Um, oh. Either here or the next track. It just depends on kind of what you pick. I mean, it's your choice at this point, so. Mm. <laughs> hmm. What about Running Free? I mean, I, I don't get much of a choice. I used my veto. Well, no. I mean, I don't mind discussing it because here's the issue. We we I kind of have an idea of where you want to go with with the encore. Okay. Um, but I don't know exactly. You know, so if it, oh God, it's I'm so pr- hard. I'm pretty sure I know. What we both want to be the very last track, yeah, twenty. I'm pretty. I'm pretty positive of that one myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm good with running free there. I think it's. I think it's. It's fine. Like it's not. It's not detrimental to be there or anywhere else. I think it's. It's completely fine there. If you're gonna put running free there, then I'm gonna put evil that men do as number sixteen. Hmm. Okay, this is where we have to have a long discussion here, because okay. here's here's the situation. Okay, we, we I, I really like I want to make this a really good list. So, uh, like it's, like you said, we both kind of know what we want at twenty. But the question is, what we, what song do we want to open the encore with? Right now, you and I have had discussions before. We should open the encore with something that's just going to hit them. With something, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I, I see two songs that that can fit into that category. Okay. But and remember, you have a veto. You can take one of the songs that we've placed somewhere else. Right. And 
I do, but I, I'm I'm liking what we have left. Okay. And we talked about running free. So I still haven't solidified running free yet. Okay. Um, I think I think running free has to go here at fifteen because there's better songs at sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, and twenty. Okay. Um. But you said you want to put evil that men do at sixteen. I don't have to. I, I, like, I, like I said, you can. You can I, use I your may, veto. I'm probably going to veto it and push it back even farther. Okay. So I'm going to go with running free at 15. Okay. So if you're going to veto that, then what do you want at 16? Um, run to the hills. What do you yeah, think yeah. about that? Um. I think it's, I think it's good. Um, because okay, so let's say, what are you going to pick for seventeen? If if we've if I've got to pick from the four tracks that are left, I got to pick Fear of the Dark. Okay, that that's what I was going to pick too, right? Okay. So that would leave us then with evil, uh, the evil that men do, Wrath Child, and Hallow Be Thy Name as the encores. Okay, and I, I, I'm good with those three. It depends on the order. So I think, you know, if you're good with those three as as the encores, then I think we're we're set with sixteen and seventeen. Yeah, I think it's fine. Okay. Um, so now that Fear of the Dark is number seventeen, what do you pick for for the opener for the uh, the encore? Okay, so that's where. It's it's a it's a question of whether or not you think it we should be flip flop one way or the other. So, okay, fear the dark is seventeen. I think coming out from the back, right? I think it should be evil that men do. But I would not be opposed if it was the other way around with Wrathchild. Um. Yeah. I mean, I I kind of think Wrathchild to some degree is a better choice. Um, but there is, yeah, like I, I, I am questioning it as well because evil that men do is kind of one of those, um, those, you know, epic sing-along songs, you know? So it almost feels like putting that first then Wrathchild, where it's kind of one of the ones that the the audience can engage with with the Wrathchild, you know, like exactly. And then and then Hallowed Be Thy Name, being that Just epic closer. Awesome yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you. Uh, Evil Batman do Wrathchild, and then Hallowed Be Thy Name. This is this was one of the hardest things to do. Of all the ones that we've done so far, oh yeah, because there and, are and so many. Like songs. So, and to feel like there's so many that got left out. Oh, um, absolutely. I mean, think. About I think I could have been happy with thirty. I, I could have been like, okay, this is fine. But even then, there's probably another ten that I would have been like, well, you know. <laughs> I mean, think about it. We left off revelations. We left off where eagles dare. We left off. I mean, I left off killers. 
because I didn't even put that on my list, but that that was originally on my list. We left off Iron Maiden. Um, we left off Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, Caught Somewhere in Time. I wanted Rainmaker. There was about three more songs off of Number of the Beasts that, that I that I wanted. Ghost, Children of the Damned. Oh, I know. I mean, Children of the Damned is awesome. Ghost and Navigator from Brave New World. I mean, oh yeah, it, the, the the list goes on and on. There's so many uh, good Blood songs. Brothers. I love Blood Brothers. That's a great song. You know, and there was even songs off of off of um, the Red and the Black off of of uh, Book of Souls. You know. Uh, I do we, like Future Real a lot. I think it's a good song. Future Real's good. That, I mean, to me, that was a Bruce song. It should have been a Bruce song. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's... it's the Moonchild. So, Moonchild. Can I Play With Madness? That, that Seven, was, seventh Son of a Seventh Son, the actual song I really like. Yeah, so, I mean, think about everything we're mentioning, and we couldn't even put it on a 20-song greatest hits list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so let's go over the final... 20 in concert order we're opening up the show with aces high with the winston churchill intro number two different world then we're going into flight of icarus then we slow things down per se with the clansman then we kick things back up with the trooper el dorado if eternity should fail two minutes to midnight the number of the beast Monsignor, Wasted Years, Brave New World, Phantom of the Opera, Wicker Man, Running Free, Run to the Hills, we close out the main set with Fear of the Dark, and our encores are The Evil That Men Do, Wrathchild, and closed out by the epicness of Hallowed Be Thy Name. Damn, that's a good list, and it's missing good songs. (laughs) Yeah, it's a it's a great volume one. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, volume one. Man, that that's insane. I mean, if they would have put out a greatest hits right now, it would have to be like a triple CD. <laughs> For sure. Two two be it, it had to be triple just because if you start including songs from the latter period, the, the reunion period, you know, they can only fit like three songs on a CD because they're all so long. <laughs> all right, so that concludes Iron Maiden's greatest hits. We are now moving into the big four for this evening, which is going to be the big four Iron Maiden albums. We have done in the past Iron Maiden songs. We did Iron Maiden, the big four Iron Maiden moments, which we thought were some of the best of their career. But this is the first time we're going to touch Iron Maiden albums. Oh, we even did Iron Maiden live albums. So we've done three previous Iron Maiden episodes. Um, so check them out if you if uh, you haven't heard them yet. But this is um, the big four Iron Maiden albums. All right. So since you've gone first, pretty much the whole show, I'm going to go first this time. Okay. <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> my number four song is oh, excuse me. My number four album is Brave New World, the reunion album. Um, basically. There's one, there's so many albums. I mean, they're releasing their 17th studio album now with uh, Senjutsu. So it's hard to pick between classic and reunion era. Um, But to me, out of all the reunion era albums that are out there, Brave New World is by far the best. Um, And it's hard to compete against some of the classic era albums. 
But number four for me was Brave New World. And then number three is Power Slave. Um, that, that album, that tour, that whole time period means so much to me. Uh, it's a great album. You know, eight songs. Is it eight? Yeah, eight songs. They're all great. I mean, I could probably leave off Lost for Words because there's no vocals in it, but it's still a pretty cool instrumental track. Number two, Peace of Mind. That was the first Iron Maiden album to come out new to me. They had already released Number of the Beast when I got into them, but Peace of Mind was the first one that I was anticipating the, the release of, and that was just awesome when it came out. And I, I remember looking at it, just absorbing everything about it. So number two, peace of mind for me. And number one, the absolute, to me, in my opinion, their best album, The Number of the Beast, came out in 1982. It is their best work. In my well, <laughs> it's a great list. And it's almost my list. Um, we only have one difference. Um, if if I have peace of mind on my list, it's my number five. Um, I love the album. I just I just never quite put it up there. Like I love the songs on the album as a whole, um, but I never quite put it up there with some of the others because there's just something about the the overall sound of the album that I don't like as much as I think there's a warmness to Power Slave that's not quite there in peace of mind and it was there also in number of the beast so there's just something that always kind of pulled back on that for me even though i love tracks like where eagles dare revelations flight of icarus the trooper die with your boots on it's an amazing album don't get me wrong but for me it's number five but um but my list is pretty much the same as your list my number four is brave new world i agree with you it's the best reunion era album um i think it's killer from beginning to end which is something that i can't necessarily say for the rest of the the uh the reunion era albums that's one that i remember when i bought um it stayed in my cd player for a long period of time and i just i really got to know the songs and i think the production is also better on that particular album than pretty much everything that followed i am really happy to hear that the production of the new uh, new song is really great so it it kind of fooled me out first. I was like, man, it's really muddy on this uh, the YouTube video. But once I heard it on YouTube music, which is separate, um, it did sound immensely better. So excited about that. Uh, but just like yours, my, my number four was Brave New World. My number three is Power Slave. So we're on the same page there. Um, Power Slave is an amazing album. It uh, has some of the best songs in in the band's history in my opinion uh two minutes to midnight aces high uh flash of the blade i love back in the village power slave and rhyme of the ancient mariner is one of my favorite closers of any album um it's just amazing um my number two is somewhere in time and that's where we differ um i've told you that i i love somewhere in time i think the tracks are so good i actually like what they did with the, the their guitar sound in that album i know that's kind of a you know, hot button issue with some fans. Uh, but I love caught somewhere in time, wasted years, sea of madness, heaven can wait, loneliness of the long distance runner. I mean the whole album from beginning to end, even with, I mean, just all the way from caught somewhere in time to Alexander the grade. Um, the only song that I would say 
is the weakest would be Deja Vu, but oh my god, what an amazing album. And then my number one, just like you, um, it's one of those, because I used to consider Somewhere in Time to be my favorite, and sometimes I feel like it is, and sometimes I feel like this one is, uh, but Number of the Beast is just a timeless record. It sounds amazing. Hallowed Be, that, be Thy Name is is the best closer to any album ever. Um, the Prisoner, 22 Acacia Avenue, Number of the Beast, uh, Children of the Damned. Uh, it, what an incredible album. And Run to the Hills. Even Invaders is one of the songs that, the first time I heard it, I was like, this is kind of weird, but it really grew on me. And it's just, it's just such a good album. And I can find myself going back to it at any given time. I, I like um, Number of the Beast to to include Total Eclipse. I love that song. That's a pretty. It's got such a killer riff in it. It's but it has like three different chapters in the song, and I so I like that song. So it, that song is actually right before Hallowed Be Thy Name on the on the updated release, and it it's so cool. So when when Gangland comes on. Most people expect how to be that name, but for me, I, I put Total Eclipse in there, and I like that a lot. I love your list. I, I mean, Somewhere in Time for me was one of those albums that I was kind of like, like you said, it was it was at the time when back in the day you, when I was growing up, you had that argument of which guitar player was better, Randy or Eddie, you know, which which Iron Maiden song or album is better? Power Slave, Peace of Mind, Number of the Beast, you know, or Killers or Iron Maiden, you know? And then Somewhere in Time came out and it was so different. It was like, whoa, hold on a second. What's with that sound, you know? And you were t- you were talking before about uh, the eras, or we were, we were kind of mentioning before the eras. Um, it's amazing to think that the classic era of Iron Maiden was 12 years or 13, if you want to include 1980 as a whole, 13 years. And they've already surpassed that with the reunion era with 21 years. Mm -hmm. Now there's a big difference back then in, in the eighties, you were putting out an album every year. Boom, 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 boom. Since the reunion era, they put out what, this is going to be their sixth album. You got, uh, Brave New World, Dance of Death, Matter of Life and Death, Final yeah, Frontier. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of factors to that. And we've actually discussed that in a, a previous episode where, you know, there's the social media component. There's the the, the music industry is different now. The, the rate at which to release is different. Mm-hmm. The creativity is different because... There's there's just such an inundation of media now. It's diff- It's just a different world, no pun intended, than than it used to be. And bands just do not release music at the rate they used to. Well, what's funny if you think about it, you know, they 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 put out, and not just they. I mean, musician, all artists put out so many so many albums back to back to back to back year. You know, it was it was album tour, album tour, album tour. Mm-hmm. Um. You would almost think that the 70s and the 80s was the time of the zero attention span, you know, because now albums last so long that, you know, and they typically last about two years nowadays, two to three maybe. 
but you would almost think that you know the the attention span of people nowadays are is so minimal. But you would have thought that that was the case back then because we're like, well, if they if they're not paying attention to it, you got to give them a new album. Boom, give them a new album. But that wasn't the case. It was that was just the style. Well, so to was, some degree, that that was the way that they kept their their attention on them because now there's social media, there's the internet. You can go look things up. Back then, it was all word of mouth. You know, there there was a different aspect of it that that's no longer around. You know, now you can find out anything. You, I mean, we we learned the day of that some of these musicians passed away, and I mean that would have taken some time. You know, before it, it's different. It's a it's crazy. Yeah, it's 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 pretty nuts out there nowadays. All right, well, that concludes Iron Maiden's greatest hits and the big four Iron Maiden albums for tonight. Chris, let them know what's up. All right, that brings us to the end of today's episode. Remember, if you like what you heard today, be sure to check us out on social media and leave us a comment. Make sure to check out our YouTube page. Uh, We are uploading those episodes uh, starting from the very beginning, so be sure to check those out. Make sure to tune into the next episode when we spark up another exciting metal debate. On behalf of Kenneth and myself, stay safe and remember... Always turn it up to 11. See ya.